0: Welcome to the iWork Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Today we have a really special show. In my life in 2007, I was introduced to an incredible daily devotional called "Today God is First, and it was written by a guy named Oz Hillman. And Oz is our guest today. Oz Hillman is the founder and president of Marketplace Leaders, an organization designed to equip leaders to fulfill their God-given purpose. He has a 35-year career in marketing, advertising, and entrepreneurship. Oz Hillman owned and operated an advertising agency for 12 years, serving clients such as American Express, Steinway Pianos, Parisian department stores, Thomas Thomas Nelson Publishing, of which I promote lots of their books, and many other Fortune 1000 companies and nonprofit organizations. His agency won many international awards for marketing and advertising. Today, he spends his time consulting with companies, mentoring CEOs and executive leaders, and writing and teaching men and women to fulfill their God-given purposes. He's the author of 14 books and has spoken in over 25 countries, and he is what I consider the foremost leader in marketplace ministry, workplace ministries around the world, and he's made a huge impact in my life. Well, Oz, I'd like to welcome you to the show today,
1: Jim. Thank you so much. It's so good to be with you and see what you're doing as well, just living out the uh, what we've been talking about.
0: Well, it, It's been fun. I had the privilege, I still have no idea how I got your original, uh, how the devotionals got my way, but I heard about them right at a time when life here in Florida was getting difficult. I was uh, a risk manager for a large construction company building a huge resort project near Epcot, and it was the beginning of 2008 when the waves of trouble started to show themselves, but nobody really knew what was coming, and somebody said, hey, you need to read this devotional. It's all about business people it'll really encourage you and it made a huge impact on my life and as that world crumbled i was able to use that daily devotional to share with my bosses and i had six of them and eventually led one of my bosses to christ as a result of the conversations we had about adversity after i read your upside of adversity book so i gotta thank you for being faithful because it made a huge impact on my life
1: Wow, that's a great story
0: All right, so Oz, you've got an extensive uh, business background, and I want people to hear from you today. I've read many of your books, two of them I'm going to talk about a lot today, but I want people to hear from your heart, because God made an impact in your life, kind of like a nuclear bomb crater impact in your life. But I want to start with, talk to the listeners about your business expertise.
1: Well, actually, uh, my background uh, started out as a golf pro back in the early 70s, and then uh, ended up in business, ended up in the printing industry, ultimately landed in the advertising agency world and uh, worked for an agency for a few years and uh, in 1984 started my own advertising agency with another brother and uh, we were a good small advertising agency, you know, serving clients in uh, the direct marketing industry and we had the green card with American Express and Steinway Pianos and our company was called the Aslan Group, named after Aslan the Lion, because we wanted to be a company that represented uh, the faith dimension of our lives, but we also didn't want to wear it on our sleeves so much. Back then, you didn't know what Aslan meant. Today, many people know that name. <laughs> but uh, So we, we were very active, and uh, you know, God bless the business, but then I went through a, a major challenge in 1984 that changed everything. <laughs>
0: Yes, yes, you, you did. And, and in 96 is really when the big, the big part of your Joseph calling came in, if I believe based on the, if I remember right, the dates from the book. You know, people in Tampa Bay are very familiar with their business lives crumbling. That's I mean, life got tough here in 06, and the last seven years have been really, really tough. And they've been a major struggle. In your life, Oz, God had different plans for you than what you thought. How did your business life crumble around you?
1: Well, we were doing fine, and then the, but the, there was one aspect of my life that was out of order, and that was uh, my marriage. And we we were struggling most of our married life, but we were both Christians and seeking to really, you know, work on our relationship. Uh, but then one day in '94, uh, my wife walked in and said she wanted to separate, and that was really devastating. And then within three months, all of all of a sudden, a number of other things happened. I would lose over a half million dollars. Eighty percent of my business would walk out the door uh, from a client that uh, we'd served for like seven years. Had a vice president leave and take my second largest account. Not so. Life went from a very one place to a very different place within three months. You know, and uh, it really affected everything in my life, my relationships, my family, my wealth, my business, and so it all kind of came crumbling. Uh, at one time, and that really ushered me into a season of seven years of adversity. I would be separated for three years, and I would, uh, you know, try to fight for the relationship, but it didn't didn't happen, and ended up in divorce. And so, I was really in a, a place of really questioning God because I was a very strong Christian at the time, giving money to the Lord's work, leading Bible studies, and very active. Yet. There were things that uh, God was putting His finger on, and I would learn. Two years into that process, I would meet a man uh, named Gunnar Olson from Sweden, who actually lives in your area, um, you know, in the in the winter time now. But he was the founder of the International Christian Chamber of Commerce, and he be, actually became my spiritual father. And I met him at a conference in 2006 or 1996, and he. As he heard my story, he said, "'Oss, you have a Joseph calling on your life, "'and um, yeah, you've made some mistakes, "'but you you need to realize that the call "'is bigger than the mistakes.'" And, you know, I walked into the room that day as a real victim, a a man full of shame and failure and disappointment, and I walked out with a whole different perspective on my adversity, and um, he really spoke truth into my life at that point, became my spiritual father, For the next several years, even today he is, but that helped me be able to go on. Now, things didn't change immediately, and uh, so for the next, uh, really, five years, I would have to walk this thing out, and it was very difficult, but I also saw the hand of God in the middle of it.
0: Yeah, it was, it, it's interesting. Your upside of adversity, and I want to talk about more uh, about the Joseph calling on your life during the next section of the show. But in your in your book, you talk about, you know, it, you you compare yourself to like Job. Job's life crumbled in you know a few hours. I mean, it just went from one bad thing to another bad thing, and the only thing God didn't take away from him was his was his wife. And then your life, crumbled very quickly too. I mean, it it, it came down. But God used adversity in your life. You you got a minute here before the break. What was the biggest impact that God, how God used that adversity in your life?
1: Well, I think that um, as so often people who go through this process, they say it's the worst of times and the best of times, because I had some divine experiences where I knew without a shadow of a doubt God, God was in the middle of it, and He was showing Himself to me in a very personal way. And so those times gave me the strength and the faith to really continue on and then as god began to um show me those things and i would begin to um you know process them through my writing i began to see something i began to see other people being helped through those experiences and i began to understand that god was turning uh what is described in hosea the valley of achor which means trouble into a door of hope. And little did I know that this little daily message I started writing in 1999 would ultimately end up going to 220,000 people a day around the world. And so that adversity was actually not only for my benefit, but it was for the benefit of others. It, God didn't necessarily bring the adversity upon me. There was a combination of things I think right. I saw that adversity. Uh, part of it was called. Part of it was some of the things God was touching in my own life.
0: You know, and, and you need to understand, it is such a privilege for me. I know you're just a normal guy. You put your pants on one leg at a time, but you're writing and you sharing your testimony on a daily basis and those daily devotionals, Today God is First. And and people could go online and, and type in Today God is First and find out about those, those daily devotionals it made an impact in my life. That's the only reason I'm sitting here on the radio today because God mm-hmm. laid that vision on my heart on on workplace ministry and then showed me how I could minister to my bosses and the people that worked for me and it was I was inspired by your story. And then when my life got tough, when my when the project we were working on in Orlando never got funded and I had to lay off 175 people and had to shut down the doors to a company, it was um yeah, it was impactful on how God just used that time, that adversity, to kind of start molding me to be from who I was to who He could use. And there's a lot of people listening today that know that whole story, but Oz, you played a huge part in that, and thank you for being transparent and sharing from your heart.
1: Well, God is so gracious to, to multiply some of the things we learn and and uh, share it with other people. It reminds me of Isaiah 58, where he, he talks about sharing and investing in others in the midst of adversity, and I think that's one of the things I saw God um, honor through that process and it was a it was a way of of helping me get healing as well and so you know God has a lot of ways of doing things. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he sure does. Now, let me just ask you the question. It's kind of a trick question, but when you look back at those seven years of adversity, and you say it in your book many times, seven years almost to the month, and I and I've watched your testimony on YouTube, uh, it, it would you trade those years? Would you Would you like to go back and say, God, I'd rather not go through those years?
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, nobody really goes into those things willingly, but you certainly do appreciate what you have gained and what you've learned from them. Uh, so it's a catch twenty two. You know, I certainly could have never written those devotionals had I not gone through what I'd gone through. Because you can't write those devotionals without having to go deep in the soil of God's grace to be able to get get what you got there. Uh, you know, that's one of the processes I see God takes a Joseph through is that isolation chamber where we're alone and we're forced to just press in and and we just don't have any hope in certain areas of our life, and it really empties us, brings us to the end of ourselves. But in that, God deposits something. He deposits something that he's going to use to share with other people to encourage, not only encourage yourself, but other people.
0: Yeah. I like to tell, I, I teach a, a small Sunday school class of about 50 couples. And I like to say, God, when you finally get to the end of your own rope, you realize that God's been holding out his rope all along. All we he's just waiting for us to grab on. You know, there, there are tons of marketplace ministries out there. And as you've said, you know, I, I was reading your other book, uh, one of your other books, Faith at Work, where what every pastor and church leader should know. And, and that was written almost a decade ago And you put in there, Hey, there's like 1200 marketplace ministries out there. And I'm sure today there are probably 10,000 because everywhere you're turn is another one. But they they all talk about this Joseph principle. But in your book, you call it the Joseph calling. So talk about what, what do you mean by that? What is the Joseph calling?
1: Well, I think there are some specific people like Joseph that God chooses them to go through a season of adversity for the purpose of being a spiritual and a physical provider to others. You know, Joseph went through what he went through, not because of sin in his life. He went through there because God needed to plant him in order to save an entire nation. And he also had to have a man at 30 years old not have any pride in his life. And so what you see in the life of Joseph was a was really a son, you know, a son of God, a son of, of the Father, uh, who lived as a son, not a slave or an orphan, which is a whole other animal to talk about, but... You know, he, there was something about Joseph that God saw that he was going to be able to use. And I think that today, we have a lot of Josephs being in their pit right now. God's raising them up, preparing them, teaching them to live on manna, you know, which which is what the Israelites lived on when they were passing through the desert. And I think that we're still, in the future, I see us going into that, an even greater Joseph season, of economic calamity coming our way that I believe God's gonna use those Joseph to come up with witty ideas and problem solving. That's really what Joseph did. He became a problem solver for his employer. And I think that's how we're going to change the culture and cause the tipping point to come back to a Christian foundation. I believe it's going to be through Christians who go through their Joseph process God begins to work in them supernaturally to give them ideas to solve problems in culture. When you solve problems in the culture, you begin to have influence.
0: Hmm. Now, in, you you mentioned that there's four tests that Joseph had to pass in order to fulfill his destiny. You know, what are those tests, and, and what are they all about?
1: Well, Joseph did have four tests, and I, I believe they were somewhat progressive for him. First was he was betrayed by his own brothers and joseph really is a type of christ uh, because many of the things that happened to joseph happened to jesus and so what joseph uh, experienced in betrayal by his own brothers uh he had to pass the test of forgiveness and and that's what jesus did he uh, washed the feet of judas and uh, so as a result of that he passed that test when he didn't Pay them back after he had the ability to pay back. Um, He also passed the test of uh, what you call um, perseverance. You know, when when he was in that season for so long, and you know, many men would have just given up. And so he he was faced with you know, do I keep going on? Do I? Continue to see something that that God has for me in this process. The other test he had to pass was purity. You know, he was um, he was tempted and approached by Potiphar's wife, and she just threw herself at me. And, and he was around beautiful women; you can bet uh, in that palace. And so he's a young man. You know, like any young man, he's got you know those hormones going, but. He he did the only thing that you can do, and that is flee. And uh, I find today that that temptation is so great in our in our country, in our our society, because the access for pornography and and uh, temptation is so great, and the morals that that we're living out in our nation today, the things that I'm hearing about in high schools and other places is incredible compared to what I faced back in my high school days and so Mm -hmm. we're living in a really different time as it relates to that area that's for sure the last and the last test was uh stewardship you know would joseph use uh the money and the power and the fame that he would get to pay back everybody would he be faithful to god to represent the nation and really restore that nation and save the nation of Israel. And so those four tests of bitterness and purity, perseverance, and stewardship are the four things that I see we all have to pass in order to the road to to being a real change agent leader.
0: Yeah, you you mentioned in – it's Chapter 8 inside Your Upside of adversity, the chapter about uh, the success test. You you just called it the – uh, Prosperity—I can't remember what you just called it. I'm sorry, I was thinking at the same time. I apologize. All right, so but you talk about the success test, and you talked about how how you quote Oswald Chambers, and that the most exacting test of all is to survive to survive is prosperity and, and you mentioned it several times that this is maybe one of the toughest and, and Jesus alluded to it in, in the scriptures and he just said hey it's easier for a rich man or easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven because money can be such a uh, uh, cause us to fall all over ourselves and to you know we think it's ours we think that we were all given it why do you focus on that why do you say that it's the toughest of the tests
1: well, when you're going through adversity, many times your choices are removed from you. You have a choice of keeping going on or not going on. But sometimes when resources are removed from you, options are removed. I mean, Joseph didn't have a lot of options when he's in prison. You know, he had, he knew what he had to do every day. He could have gotten bitter and he could have, you know, had a bad attitude, but he really didn't have a lot of, many other options beyond that. But once you get out, man, your options are limitless. And he had options for women, he had options for using money in the wrong way, he had options for paying people back. I mean, you know, and when you get access to resources, uh, it's really easy to get complacent in your faith life, and it's really easy to, you know, be live a consumptive lifestyle that can be very damaging to you and your future uh, as a change agent. So, now that's
0: what i mean by that i I love how you quote uh Luterno and how he put on there he says the the question is not how, how much of my money I give to God but rather how much of God's money I keep for myself and I think that's just so powerful it's such a message stewardship is is something that it's not taught heavily in our churches churches are afraid to touch on the subject of money and uh, and mr Letourneau was such a great example and there's so many of uh, so many others out there all right so we, we talked in the first half of the show a, a lot about your testimony and, and what God has done and I wanted to just ask one last question about it adversities, and then I want to start talking about marketplace leaders. You know, if you could share from your heart with the, with the average business guy that's going through this business person that's going through this period of adversity, what words of encouragement do you have for them?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing is what my mentor told me, which, which I followed his advice, and that was press into God with your whole heart. Um, that is the key to getting this turnaround that you really seek God with all your heart because the reason that you're in this season is that God wants to deposit something in your life and the, the choice that people often make there's is one of two choices you make. You, you either press into God during this season, you spend time in His Word, you spend time uh, in prayer, you spend time really pressing into Him. Uh, the alternative that some people do is they they're in so much pain that they begin to medicate their pain through addictions, or sex, you know, uh, you know, various activities. They work, work long hours, tr- anything to kind of deaden the pain, get in the wrong kinds of relationships. And so that's the most important lesson I learned is that, you know, when, when we're in that pain and that process to just really press into him with all that you can
0: okay very good and and those are encouraging words and i would encourage all the listeners and we'll talk about the book again in the book section of the show but if you're in a period of time of adversity and god is shaping your life to take you from who you are to who he needs you to be so that you can be used better by him you need to read oz's book upside of adversity it is a a fantastic book and very impactful every page it's it's a page-turner. It's, there's a lot of great stuff in there. All right, Oz, you're the president of Marketplace Leaders, and I know that that has grown to be a monstrous organization based on all the different things you're involved in. Why? What is Marketplace Leaders all about?
1: Well, Marketplace Leaders really is an equipping organization. We, we just uh, provide tools and teaching and online resources to really uh, help men and women really understand what it means to experience god in the in the place that they spend 60 to 70 percent of their waking hours and to realize that that you have a spiritual calling on your life in that work you know we've been taught over the, the the centuries to segment our lives and god never segmented you know the spiritual from the secular it's all one to him And so we do things like online training. We have a change agent network that uh, is a monthly program that has all sorts of online training people can access and connect with other change agents. And uh, it's a great program for folks. And so we've just got a lot of tools uh, to be able to encourage people
0: now i just got an email a couple of weeks ago about the changing uh, asking me to join the change agent network talking about the subscribing to it talk about what the tools that you're providing as part of being the the change agent network and if, again change agent one of your books that you wrote again a powerful book not as easy to read very deep it was it was full of so much stuff it took me a little longer to read that one because it was so impactful and every page was like wow oh my really oh i mean it was very very good talk about what what is the change agent network all about and what what are people going to get if they subscribe to that
1: yeah well the change agent network is an online what i would call learning center and social network it uh, we have our entire 20-part video course on there we have a four-part online video course on the joseph calling we have a three part video course on hearing god in the workplace we just uh, launched a seven-part course on the seven cultural mountains uh, and we're just about to upload a four-part course on experiencing the Father's love. And so on that site, you get all of that for a low monthly fee. And then as part of that, you have uh, your own profile on the page, so you're connecting with others. You can upload videos, blogs, podcasts. You can upload, you access all of our webinars. And we do a twice-a-month seminars, kind of like what we're doing here. Uh, we've done for the last seven years, twice a month, and you have all those archives of people like Ken Blanchard and Lance Wallnau and and uh, Henry Blackaby and people that you would know. And so this, it's a place where people who want to grow in their faith and, and the understanding of a marketplace call, uh, that you're going to get a tremendous amount of uh, encouragement and teaching there.
0: So, for those, you pe- can
1: but fi- they can find it at become a changeagent dot com, become a changeagent dot com
0: okay becomeachangeagent.com but they can also get the link if they go on to marketplaceleaders.org they can type in change agent and get to the change agent network yeah. through that way as well right absolutely uh, there's, a on it. there's so many different ways to post and get to your stuff i'm going to make sure i put that on my facebook page tonight but i just want to make sure that yeah you can get all those places through marketplaceleaders.org and uh, okay so how has god in in the last 15 years you've, you've had marketplace leaders going it what what kind of impact has God used marketplace leaders to, to make on our country and really around the world
1: Well you know it's interesting when I I've I've traveled I guess around 25 to 30 countries now speaking and training and uh, you know as I've been out there this long now I see some of the fruit of people who've been impacted like yourself I mean you're a great testimony yourself of how you caught it you got it. God worked on your heart, and now you're actively doing it. And so I have the privilege of going to different countries and different cities and different places to see that fruit. We definitely have seen uh, a much more awareness of people uh, broadly who have now understand a better understanding of the faith dimension of their life with their work life. Uh, Fifteen years ago, no one was integrating their faith life with their work life. Uh, We have a better understanding of of what it's going to take to change culture. In the last three years, God has opened the door for us in Hollywood, and it wasn't something I was looking for, but uh, it opened up, and we now have meetings there where we have closed door meetings in homes of entertainment people, and God is touching those people and helping to really encourage them to be a catalyst for change in Hollywood, which is a a great place for impacting culture. So there's uh, uh, just so many things we could talk about in uh, case studies of people that have been impacted. I'm, this fall I'll be going to Uganda to speak to the Parliament of Uganda. You know, I never could have imagined I would be on that kind of a platform with a guy from the South who like to play golf three times a week in his ad agency, you know? Sure. <laughs> so, so God turns our Valley of Acors and You know, if we let him use us, uh, we have no idea what what he might do through our lives.
0: All right, we've got a couple minutes before our break. I'd like talk to me about the International Coalition of Workplace Ministries.
1: Well, that was something that I started in '96. I did it for about ten years. Uh, It's no longer active, but it was an area that I saw when we began to see all of these workplace ministries begin to birth. There was a need for them to come together, and so I encouraged and and began to host roundtables of these heads of these ministries, and I'm glad to report that although I stepped away from that leadership as I got busy with other things, some others have picked that up, and now there are coalitions all over the country of workplace ministries beginning to walk together and just kind of encourage each other and understand where God wants us to to move as a collective voice.
0: So is there a central collective? I love that word. I I love Star Trek, so collective is a big one. Uh, The Borg had a collective. Anyway, so is there a central collective place where everything uh, all about Marketplace Ministries is, or Workplace Ministries is being organized? I mean, because you used to control it, where you used to be able to drive people to websites, and and where where is that today?
1: Well, it's not a website yet. Um, this, uh, This it was kind of like a rebirthing of it, and so we're actually in the process. We're going to have a national meeting in in the fall, and some of all that is coming together as we speak. Uh, but there's no formal website.
0: Okay, so so it's coming. So we can stay tuned because that's as I've been doing my research over the last seven years. I I have every time you turn another corner, there's just more and more and more information out there. It's incredible. All right, when we come in the
1: back of my book, Change Agent, I list a lot of those organizations, and uh, it's a great resource in the back
0: there's every one of your every one of your books represents mentions so many different ministries it's incredible and it's loved, and some of them still exist and some of them don't and i just wanted to see who was doing the coordinating and in this last section of the show we only have 5 minutes and i apologize for that but i really want to talk about a book you wrote almost a decade ago faith at work what every pastor and church leader should know and and I, I i you were advertising that about a month and a half ago on on i don't know you guys just send out blanket emails must be to get rid of some some books you have sitting around and i read this and like i want my church church to understand this reaching the 9 to 5 window and we all know it's no longer 9 to 5 it's really more like 8 to 630 but reaching the 8, uh-huh. 8 to 630 window but it, it, i totally agree that churches need to understand this are you you wrote this book almost a decade ago 9 years ago i think you wrote it in 2004 are you seeing churches adopting a solid mission for reaching that 8 to 630 window
1: you know, it's been very, very slow. You know, there are pockets of churches that are adopting this and, and really catching it, but it's been quite slow in the uh, church leaders being able to embrace that, and there's, there's some reasons for that, but it's much needed. It's the only institution in the world where you can have people that have the ability to change culture in your congregation sitting in a pew that you can actually influence to really impact the culture so we still want to encourage our our pastors and shepherds to really understand what it means to equip men and women in their congregations to be their change agents of culture because the shepherds are the ones that need to equip them but it's it's guys like us that change the world
0: (laughs) <laughs> I like to just change just to uh, at least let people know what my heart is. I don't know about changing the world, but you said there's reasons. There's reasons that churches are resisting this. Are they just scared to talk about business within church? What, what are the reasons?
1: Well, I think that sometimes uh, a pastor will perceive that if they affirm a workplace believer as having minis- their that their work is a ministry, they have concerns that uh, they won't need the local church, it'll reduce volunteerism, it might even reduce giving to the local congregation, and uh, the truth is, both of those are, are are faulty premises, because what happens is, when a pastor affirms and equips uh, a person in the workplace to see their work as a ministry and a calling, they are shocked, because they, for the first time, feel like they their back is getting scratched where they itch you know that they are being affirmed in their own call and so that it endears them to that local congregation when they do that and so the churches that do do that they bring a whole new vibrancy into the congregation because everybody is on mission it's not trying to get people you know for for the large large majority of the churches they train people to do their ministry instead of the person in the workplace ministry you know and try to get volunteerism and to bring the congregation to do work within the four walls of the church and you know jesus never brought anybody into the synagogue to get healed or teach (laughs) them or whatever it was always outside the uh the context of the local congregation in fact there's some interesting statistics of a hundred and two uh, thirty-two public appearances jesus had in the new testament 122 of those were in the marketplace of 52 parables he told 45 of those had a workplace context and of 40 miracles in the book of acts 39 of those were in the marketplace so you can see that most of the ministry took place in the place where so many of us spend most of our time
0: now jesus met people where they were at he didn't ask them to come to him and and it's it's been fantastic oz thank you so much for sharing time with us i I know you're a busy guy and i know you're halfway across the world for me today i I appreciate you spending time with us today and just sharing from your heart thank you for sharing and writing it down and letting god use you where you were at and because it's an inspiration to probably hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of people. And it's good to know, not that I want you to go to your head because I don't want to screw you up, but just realize that God used you and thank you so much for doing it. And thank you for being on the show today.
1: Thank you, Jim. It was a pleasure.
0: All right. Well, thanks again. All right. So the questions for today, are you experiencing adversity in your life? Is God trying to prepare you to work for him instead of just for you? Is your local church Is your local church body preparing you to minister in a workplace? If these questions or today's topic find you desiring a deeper understanding of how God fits into your workplace, then check out Business His Way. It's a biblical mentoring process designed for you to learn how to follow the Lord, our Lord, in your workplace. Brought to you by C12 Tampa Bay and I Work For Him. For more information, contact me at jim at iworkforhim.com. That's jim at iworkforhim.com. You know, a final word about my sponsors my advertisers. As part of my job with Platinum Information Services, I work with small business owners providing a cost-effective and efficient solution for managing their computers on a day-to-day basis. My clients often ask me for referrals to other quality vendors. That's who my sponsors are people i trust people you can trust look for the links to their company websites listed on our website iworkforhim.com and wtis1110.com on the iworkforhim website you'll also find all kinds of great resources including the show uh, all about what what's going on in the show the show log who's coming up on the show and also the guest schedule and also my weekly blog all right, I'd like to thank Oz Hillman again, for, first of all, for writing down his testimony and making an impact on my life, but for being on the show today. Oz Hillman, founder of Marketplace Leaders, it was a pleasure having him on the show today and learning more about, number one, the upside of adversity, and also a little bit about faith at work and what pastors and churches need to know in order to equip us, business people, in order to go in the workplace and lead people to Christ, to be Jesus for them. please take time to like us on facebook just search for i work for him you know thanks to mike miracle for running the controls and keeping me on time and it's been just a fun show I, i just please check out those books email me if you have any questions about adversity and if you have any questions about those books that oz hillman wrote they made a huge impact on my life and also i'd recommend you signing up for the today god is first daily devotionals there's there's hundreds and hundreds of them as they rotate through on a day-to-day basis check them out you've been listening to the i work for him show with your host jim brangenberg i'm a christ follower i own my own business and i'm an employee i don't know about you tampa bay but i work for him
1: time for my friends, no time to